On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, couple of jab steps, comes up shooting top three, bam! Put him in the Hall of Fame! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. One more, one more y'all want me to prove, man. Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked on Bulls podcast. Producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best podcasts, period. Y'all keep going with you do best. I love you guys. So kick back, relax, and get ready for the best hour of your day. It's 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 raw. You can just see the vibe. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Okay, cool. I was hoping it wasn't one of those knucklehead programs. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Welcome back midway through the week. Unfortunately... The last game before the first half of the quote-unquote first half of the season is over. If you come to this podcast today looking for a Pelicans preview of some sorts, we did that on yesterday's episode, so go back and listen to that, as well as kind of our breakdown of the last few games. But today we wanted to solely dedicate it to the first time actually hearing Arturis Karnaschovas talk since, uh, since before the season, Matt. It's been pretty crazy, so we felt like it was important enough that if he only speaks a few times a year we should dedicate at least an episode breaking down to hear what he has to think and say and uh from my overall perspective matt just overview i thought it was really great really great stuff from our tourists and really refreshing to hear before we get into that how are you man what up jordan what up bulls nation um it's nice isn't it a nice change of pace to actually look forward to hearing from our you know Seriously. president of basketball operations as opposed to dreading it um you know, we got, uh, I think, a good combination of straightforwardness and honest evaluation from Arturis and also still being a little bit coy and, and playing things close. Like, I don't think he tipped his hand too much in any regard of the things that we'll talk about today. But just just having someone who's just willing to, like, just be up front and be straight and be optimistic when when the opportunity calls for it, to, but to also be be critical in certain ways and talk about the ways in which he and Donovan are developing their relationship to try to figure out the best ways to improve this team. But it's, yeah, it's mostly just really nice to not have to dread hearing from John Paxson anymore. It really is. And it's... It's just nice to hear the same thing from Billy Donovan, too. Like, it's so refreshing to hear him and listen. I, I know people say he rambles a little bit, but, dude, like, I could sit here, sit there and listen to him talk for an hour, just talk about basketball, X's and O's, and I'm cool. He he is just so refreshing from what we've right. had in the last couple I mean, of years. You might call it rambling. I would call it giving 
well thought out and insightful answers to questions instead of just saying because i said so yes yes absolutely <laughs> man and uh yeah and he he's very upbeat too you hear it in a lot of losses as well is just a lot of the positives he addresses the negatives with honesty and it's just a very it's very open and honest and i think that's one thing that the bulls fan base has asked overall but uh ak the dude the dude that we're all kind of wondering what is his next move, right, with this Bulls team. Uh, before we get into kind of what he had said about the the playoffs and possible trade market in the next couple of weeks, let's just hear what he had to say about the team overall in the first half. Oh, well, I think uh, players themselves bought in, um, and obviously Billy and his staff done an unbelievable job. Um, you know, uh, you know, defensively and offensively, we still have the two problems uh, all season long that we try to uh, reduce as, you know, turning the ball over and then fouling, you know, and uh, those are the two that are actually impacting on our defense. Uh, I, I think last 10 games we're 11th in net rating and, you know, 15 on offensive rating and 11th in defensive. So we're not doing too bad, but again, when turnovers and fouling, uh, get back in, creeping up. I think that's when we get ourselves in trouble and we beat ourselves. Because when you look at, you look back at, you know, 50% from the field and 40 from a three and you beat teams in rebounding, you should be winning those games. But then you look at, you know, turnover column and uh, that's been affecting us consistently. So I think uh, if if we're going to focus on those two things and uh, to reduce turnovers and fouling, I think... Uh, we're going to be in much better, you know, position to win games. I think we were in 20 games this year with five minutes to go within five points. And we were nine and 11 in those 20 games. Uh, I think it's better. I think than last year, uh, that said, this team is still learning how to close, close games. So it's uh, still in a process of learning. I mean, for anybody that absolutely loves advanced analytics, man, he just addressed both of those. I don't think I've ever heard John Paxson or Gar Foreman talk about it. And I don't want to make this a comparison thing for the whole episode. It's just, he, he was just talking about clutch stats there at the end. So it's awesome to have somebody fully aware of all of this and embracing that. Uh, but to me, Matt, that was like a positive tone about this first half. And especially the first couple of weeks, the way that things went, we kind of rolled our eyes and said, hey, this is looking a lot like it did last year. Things have turned around a lot. So there's a lot to be optimistic about. There's plenty, um, you know, and I think it it makes sense for our tourists to highlight some areas of noticeable improvement. And, you know, obviously it's great to have somebody who's in our, you know, executive offices for this organization talking about such complex and nuanced levels of understanding, you know, the game of basketball and how you try to go about winning it. Even just something as simple as recognizing that, hey, we're in a lot of competitive games. The clutch games, the Bulls are one of the, I, you know, they're they're a team that has played some of the most clutch games uh, of any of the 30 teams in the league this season. And they are, I believe, like 9 and 12 was the last I checked as far as their record in those clutch games. So you would want that to be a little bit better. But, I mean, that even is an improvement because when the Bulls were in clutch games last season, like, other than the Charlotte Zach Levine dagger, I'm pretty sure they lost every single clutch game that they were in. 
you talked about too, like e- even most recently is like we didn't even beat a team over 500 last year. And some of these we couldn't close up to save our lives. I mean, yeah, you could rattle off all of the different ways the Bulls found a way to lose last year. And while they're still doing that, they're finding ways to claw back in games and win ones they had no business winning. Like the the Portland game, man, the Portland game, they had no business coming back in that game and winning after being down 20 plus, especially on the road. Uh, those are games that we talked about even a month ago. Those are games the Bulls don't win last year. And there's a there's a clear improvement. And that's a lot thanks to Zach Levine. But I think it's also thanks to Billy Donovan. They still have a lot to improve in those areas. And you were right. They're nine and 12. They have the second most games where they've played in clutch time and clutch time again being within five points in the last five minutes of regulation so the Boston Celtics are the only other team that's played more than them they've played 23 games in clutch time they're 10 and 13 and the Bulls are 9 and 12 so it's it's optimistic to know that the Bulls are in almost every one of these games man right and and yes it's frustrating that they have still lost some close games some winnable games especially against quality opponents um, but the fact that they're not getting blown out in those games is another sign of improvement because the Bulls only got blown out a few times this season, and it was early on when they were still getting their bearings. They are in every game this year. They were not in every game last year. Jordan, lots more uh, of Arturis Karnaschovas' thoughts from his interview with the media to get to. Before that, though, wanted to let our, know, uh, let our listeners know today's show is brought to you by CBDMD. Jordan, I just discovered this. Did you know that March is National Sleep Month? I guess that means as soon as we finish recording, I should just go to bed until April. Uh, but as the official CBD of a good night's sleep, our good friends at CBDMD want to help you celebrate the right way. They've got dozens of options to help you relax, recharge, and enhance your nighttime routine. And there's nothing more calming than a nice hot bath. CBD bath salts fuse superior CBD with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience. Choose from lavender or eucalyptus scents or a soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs. While CBD bath bombs provide a refreshing, relaxing bath experience by combining 100 milligrams of CBD with essential oils, Epsom salt, and calming natural scents to help you soak away your day. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all of our Locked On Bulls listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Matt, before we go to more AK, I just want to give you a little bit of a glimpse into what the Bulls looks like last year in clutch time compared to this year. So pre-All-Star break last year, the Bulls were in 31 games in clutch time. They were 11 and 20. Uh, do you want to guess what their net rating was? Uh, net rating in those clutch games? Yes, in that last five minutes, up or down five. What was the oh, combined man. offensive and defensive rating? Uh, I would say negative six and a half. Oh, you double it and you're close. The Bulls were a negative 15 net rating last year. Pre-All-Star break, 11 and 20. Their offensive rating was a 107.1. Their defensive rating was a 122.1. That's awful. Uh, That is impressively bad. The Bulls this year, to my shock actually, 
They are 116.5 in defensive rating, so a marked improvement from last year pre-All-Star break, and a little bit of improvement in their offensive rating at 113.8, but that defensive rating is way higher than it normally is throughout Bulls games. The Bulls averaged, I think, over the last 10 games, 111, so there is an increase of the Bulls start to give up shots late in games. We've seen that, so it's good to hear AK, though, talk about that and realize that like fans who are watching every night realize this, too, so it's nice for him to address that as well and the team continues to approve man I mean that's something else in the next couple of weeks we should definitely talk about is our landmarkers where we were at in the first couple of weeks compared to where we are now because I think the Bulls have kind of met some of those benchmarks Uh, but let's let's take a listen to hear and hear what he had to say about uh, the playoffs the trade markets and overall like what he he values in players if he sees them as trade commodities or not so much I'm probably one that asked the media's questions the most. So no, it's okay. It's okay. I can no, I can explain to you. I'm gonna go ahead and guess. And in, in in your position, you could correct me and tell me if I'm right or wrong. But um, it would seem because of this year with the playing game and so many teams log jammed and feeling like they are still in it, that the landscape is completely different as far as a trade market where you have really just maybe a couple sellers that feel like they can move something. Is that true? And does that make it tough if you go if you wanted to go ahead and do something? Um, considering how many teams feel like, you know, we're right there. We're right in this thing. I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, expanding uh, playoffs to 10 teams and then uh, two or three are still delusional and think that they can make it to 10. I think that kind of makes it very interesting uh, trade deadline. But, uh, you know, Billy and I, we spend more time talking about how we can improve this group and focus now on this group that we have uh, that actually is playing well and, you uh, had a first, you know, month winning, you know, in February. And, uh, you know, last couple of games, uh, they had some slipping. But I think overall, this group is is doing so much better and uh, looking forward to see uh, next 40 games. I mean, I, I never look, you know, at players as uh, trade commodities. I mean, you know, right now we, you know, like I said, you know, focus on winning games because that's, you know, the, the separation between fourth and 10th place is a game and a half. So this group is doing pretty well. Um, and hopefully, like I said, you know, we can get Lowry back and OP and uh, see what we can do with this team. And had a pretty good month in February you know, with a winning record. So we'll see what we can do. And, you know, when trade deadline comes, you know, like I said, you know, I, I, think, I think now 12 or 13 teams are in, in the East. So I, I just think the team's going to try to improve. Uh, and like you said, you know, there's not going to be a lot of sellers. So I think we're just going to focus on our guys and how to get them better. It's, uh, there's a lot there, but to hear him at least address the trade market, what they're going to decide on, I don't know which way you read that, Matt, but it sounds like that he is still betting on that this team can improve gain some playoff experience and if they're not blown away by any offer they're perfectly okay just kind of standing pat at the deadline and seeing what they have yeah i mean if you want to read the tea leaves a little bit if i'm ak what i'm trying to accomplish with those comments are a couple of things first of all double down and instill my confidence in the players that are playing for our team 
and saying, hey, they had a winning month in February. They're playing better. They had a couple of games slip away towards the end of the month, but they're playing better and they're competitive and they're in it. And we as a team are in the playoff hunt. That will, you know, certainly I think be well received by his players. He also points out that, and I love that he uses the word delusional between the teams that are actually in it and the delusional teams who think they're in it this year in the weird, anything goes COVID era and any team thinking that there's a wide open run to be had. I think he is right in saying that there will be a lot of sellers and there will be more teams looking to be buyers at the trade deadline. So if he establishes those parameters of what he thinks the trade market is going to be, he's basically signaling to any and all interested teams out there, hey, if you want that young, don't come to us with any bullshit lowball offers because there's not a lot of selling teams out there. And he hasn't even established that the Bulls would be a selling team, but don't come to us with bullshit offers. That's what I read out of that because you can prop up Thad Young's importance to this team with his play, with the stats that back up what you see in his play this season and say, this dude's legit. And if you come to us with bullshit lowball offers, we're going to keep him and we're going to make a playoff run ourselves. I mean, the Bulls are two games out of the fourth spot, man. I, I know it's everybody don't get C red Fred level, but I'm a, I'm on the red bus right now. If they're two games back, Matt, and they're not haven't even been I'm, healthy I'm not, yet. I'm not Jordan. I, I I mean I love the optimism, but dude, look at their schedule in the second half of the season. That's something that we'll also have to talk about before the second half restarts. Is how difficult it's going to be to make that climb. But assuming everything, assuming the Bulls don't get blown away with any offer. I think that they also realize, on top of what you said about Thaddeus Young, which I think is 100% true, man, is Lowry Markinen and Wendell Carter Jr. are both, their their values are probably at their lowest, right? At their lowest point they've been ever. And you still have, you can still dictate what you want to do with both of those guys. Uh, Carter's still under contract, and Lowry Markinen is still a restricted free agent, so you can, you can re-sign him, worst case scenario, if he gets an offer. So I think this is an opportunity with still like 40-plus games to play the Bulls to prop up a little bit of value if they do see taking a shot on another star. If you want to keep Zach here and you want to progress and you're looking to make that big move, you have to have value in one of these guys. And I think it's at its all-time low. So it's smart, too, to do that. I mean, the Bulls are playing kind of with... I feel like... I feel like the Bulls are in a good spot at this point, man. To only be two games out of the fourth seed, have an opportunity to gain some playoff experience, and your team hasn't been fully healthy and together all season... Uh, I think the second half, even with the difficulty, there's reasons to be optimistic and at least be patient at the trade deadline. Yeah, and and to clarify, I wasn't immediately shooting down the notion of the Bulls still managing to find their way into the playoffs. I was countering your, hey, they're only two games out of the fourth seed because I've heard plenty of Bulls (laughs) over the last couple of weeks when the Bulls beat some subpar opponents and got their record closer to 500 for the first time in a really long time saying, Hey, like what, what's, what's to stop the bulls from being the four seed. What's the, what's to stop the bulls from finishing this season, you know, well over 500. And my answer to that immediately is look at their schedule. <laughs> yeah. And 
a couple of these teams right here in the middle of the pack are definitely going to be adding one or two pieces. I don't think anything major, but still, like the Heat haven't been together fully. Uh, the Pacers have missed a bunch of guys. Uh, there's a couple of teams that have underperformed in this first half, and there's still a ton of games to play left. So, like this middle of the road at the 33 game marker is very weird, but I think the Bulls are at a good advantage, and they continue to progress, man. It, if they continue to get better every single month the way that they have, I mean, being in the playoffs isn't out of the picture at all. But yeah, skying for like a top five seed, I mean, we can have those conversations maybe a month and a half from now if the Bulls go on some win streak. Uh, but at least from what I got from that, unless they're not blown away, if they're blown away by something, they might do something. But if they're not, they are perfectly comfortable with standing pat. That That's the overall theme here, right? That's that's certainly what I got out of it. All right. Um, before we go to some of the player development, whether it's talking about the team as a whole, talking a little bit about the rookie Patrick Williams, or uh, talking about the guy that we were just talking about, Lowry Markinen, uh, AK had some thoughts on both of those guys. Want to get to that. Uh, but first, want to tell you guys about our friends at BetOnline AG. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline is you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Matt, I hate to say it, but uh, I think I'm going to steer clear of Bulls props tonight, and I think I'm actually going to go the opposite way. I think I'm going to go with Zion points if it's not something ridiculous. Uh, I feel over. <laughs> Take the over, man. I mean, the Bulls shot ridiculous, and Zion was in a little fu- bit of foul trouble the last time those two played. Uh, so I think... Uh, and he still uh, finished with 29 exactly. on, like, 70% shooting. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, yeah, I think Zion, unfortunately, is going to have a big night, but maybe the Bulls can get right at the three-point line and keep this one entertaining for the entire game. So if you want to bet on that, you want to bet on tonight's Bulls game, Bulls-Pelicans game, you could do that. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on again go to bet online your online sportsbook experts today's episode of locked on bulls is also brought to you by built bar our great friends at built bar who have been a sponsor of the show and the entire locked on network for well over a year now keep coming up with amazing delicious flavors these built bars are even deliciouser than ever uh we we got some of those new crunchy peanut butter ones the other day jordan and man those are good you got six other new flavors like cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and lemon almond cheesecake, plus some of the OG flavors, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, and double chocolate. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious sports fans out there. Maybe you want to drop a few pounds or just maintain your weight, and you can do so while indulging in these delicious treats. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Take, for example, that new Cookies and Cream Built Bar, which comes packed with 17 whole grams of protein, but is only 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. And right now, our Locked On Polls listeners, if they go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON20, LOCKEDON20, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 
let's go positive before we go a little bit more of a debate in Lowry Markin. And let's uh, hear what he had to say about the first draft pick he's made as the new head of president of basketball operations for the Bulls. That's Patrick Williams. He obviously met our expectations because we, we, you know, we drafted him in November. He showed up uh, in Chicago and uh, a week later uh, he was on the floor and playing preseason with, you know, with uh, no adjustment period. So I think uh, he's learning every game. I think uh, his ups and downs are expected, but again, he's, uh, he's like a sponge every day is he's the first one, you know, in, in AC center, uh, uh, taking care of his body. My son is 19 years old. So he's, he's, he's by himself in Chicago and is, is, is doing really well, uh, uh, you know, on a basketball court and off the court. So I, I think he's, he's doing very well. Don't need to say much else. I mean, we said, I think we said this yesterday on yesterday's episode, man, that, we haven't brought him up just because he's kind of been a glue guy, and yes, that he's had some down games, but for the most part, he's been he's been a staple of why the Bulls have been better on defense overall, and he's just got a great future ahead of him, man. Yeah, and you know the word that I heard Arturs use, and I love hearing it, is sponge. I think also some of Patrick Williams' older teammates have also used that same word to describe just how eagerly he is soaking up information in his rookie year. He wants to always learn more every single day, every single practice, every single film session. And that is an amazing trait to have for a 19-year-old kid who is just going to get better and better and better. And the other element to P-Dub that we, I guess, could mention really quickly earlier today, the rising stars players for Team USA and the world team were announced. The game's not actually going to be played because, you know, they're reducing everything as far as All-Star Weekend, but they still named the players. Patrick Williams was left off the list. So motivation, fuel for the fire, chip on a shoulder, because I bet you, that Patrick Williams ends up being a better player, a more dominant player, and a better star caliber player than at least half of the players that were named on those teams. P-Dubs! I'm with you. And, uh, yeah, we didn't even mention, by the way, shout out to Zach Levine. He's going to participate in the three-point contest, which will be cool to watch. That probably... Dude, I mean, I love it. He's going to win this time. What did they do with the dunk contest is the real question, though, man. I, I thought it was a Ugh. meme at first. But yeah, okay. Like the the one thing that I am stoked about there, the one name is Cassius Stanley, because I was watching some of that kid's tape, maybe a couple weeks removed from the NBA draft, thinking I would love for the Bulls to steal this dude with their second round pick. They went a different direction. Uh, I think he actually just got selected like a couple of picks prior to, or no, actually he may have still been on the board. I can't remember, but that dude has insane hops if you watched him play in college. I did see a video maybe about a month ago. Somebody had filmed it from their practice arena. He was practicing some dunks that he's tried to dunk from the free throw line. So, I mean, hey, yes, not who I expected, but I do remember you being a big Cassius Stanley guy. And uh, and the Bulls went. But I mean, like if if Zion's going to All-Star Weekend anyway, because he made the team. What if Zion's not going to do the dunk contest? Well, why are we having it? (laughs) The Pelicans probably asked him, please don't go and blow out your knee doing a dunk. Please don't probably. do that. Probably. <laughs> I, and I don't blame him. It's probably the same reason why LeBron has never done it. He's talked about it, hyped it up, but he's never done it either. So Yeah, um, and and the uh, the thing with Zach Levine, too, with his comments when he was asked about it, he was like, 
you know, he said, I'm, I'm done with the dunk contest. I might try and do the three-point contest again, which we now learned that he is. But it, it's behind him. It's beneath him. He won it back-to-back, and he's more than that now. Which, by the way, I'm not sure if you listened to uh, Zach Lowe's most recent low post where he and his guest were picking as if they were all-star captains and picked their all-star teams from the players that actually were named all-stars. And Zach Lowe did pick Zach Levine for the most disrespectful reason ever. He basically said, I'm taking Zach just because I'm trying to build the most entertaining team, not necessarily the best team that might win a a hypothetical matchup here. He said, I just want to see Zach Levine dunk 10 times. He still just refers to Zach Levine as like, oh yeah, the dunker. Like, dude, do your fucking homework. Unreal. Unbelievable. The disrespect will never stop, man. Uh, that's all right. It's like, talk about a backhanded compliment. I'm going to draft Zach Levine so I can watch him dunk. <laughs> well, I think Zach Levine would be the only guy, if he does win the three-point contest, he's the only guy to win all three contests, right? The three-point contest, the dunk contest, and the skills challenge. And I'm not wrong. I don't think I'm wrong on that. He won the skills ch- contest with the Wolves, I'm pretty sure. Did he? I don't remember that. I would. I'm have to look that up, but I'm pretty sure because this was the same conversation he was having last year when he was going to participate, or maybe they were talking about him participating in potentially all three of them, all three contests. Uh, right. I think that's what it was because, to, to my knowledge, nobody has won the three point contest and the dunk contest in their careers. I'm fairly certain that has yet to be accomplished by anybody. Interesting. Well, Zach could be the first guy. That'd be cool. Um, last thing before we get out of here, just going back to AK really fast. He had some comments about Lowry Markkinen's development, what he ultimately sees in there, and this kind of leaves the door somewhat open, Matt. Hey, Atoris, I was curious, are, is, are, do you take any particular interest in the development of Lowry Markkinen? You guys are both, you know, you play the same position, both Northern Europeans who came over here. Does Do you feel any more, any kind of connection to helping him develop? I think development is number one thing with all of our players, you know, and especially with Lowry. And I think, uh, you know, the things that we met before the season and, you know, kind of like, you know, set the expectations for Lowry, I think he met. Again, he, you know, obviously before he got hurt, he was, you know, 19 and shooting, you know, 52% from floor and, uh, you know, 40 from a three. That's, I think that's, that's what he can do on a daily basis. So, you know, we can't wait for him to come back and uh, help this team uh, win games. Dude, I think he's committed still to figuring out what he, how he can untap Lowry and whether that's moving, trying to force feed him and see if he can really play the five or not. Like, cause we talked about it with Carter yesterday a little bit, man. Like he is the perfect big. He's meant for this era right now of what's going on with the bigs and being able to pass and facilitate and uh, run plays around your big man. Uh, the way Jokic is able to do it, the way Embiid's able to do it, Bam down in Miami be able to do it. This is perfect for both of these guys. And I think AK sees the potential in not only just Lowry, but I think he sees it in Wendell too. It makes the decision even harder this summer, but I think that's why he's kind of holding on and waiting to see what Lowry could do in the second half before he really makes any big decisions. Yeah. um, First of all, I, I didn't recognize the voice of who asked that question, but like, this kind of seems silly to me. It's like, hey, you guys are both from Europe. Do, do you take an extra level of interest in this player because he's also from Europe? <laughs> like, come on, man. No, you take interest in your players because they're on your roster and you're trying to figure out how to make them better. Um, that being said, I do think that we're going to see 
the Bulls keep Lowry and AK really wants to see what he can do when he comes back. And maybe he has most of the second half of the season. You know, he certainly has been on the shelf uh, and will enter all-star break having been on the shelf for the last few weeks. But it sounds like, you know, timeline, at least what we've most recently heard, he could be expected to return soon after all-star break ends. And you still got 40 some games to look at there. It's still going to be a complicated issue with his restricted free agency. And it's a big decision that the, the front office has looming because this front court with, with Lowry and his injuries, um, Wendell missing time, Wendell right now maybe looking like not the long-term answer as uh, you know a 6'9 center. They're, bi- they're big decisions. But I think when you hear Arturis mention the progress that Lowry had made in his uh, appearances earlier this season, when he mentioned, you know, the points he was scoring, the efficiency at which he was doing it from the field and from behind the three-point line, it doesn't sound like, a, you know, a basketball exec who's ready to give up on that player yet, does it? I don't think so, man. And, like, if they can bulk Lowry up too, I mean, you if you project Patrick Williams to be your four of the future, then you need to five your, find your five and your three. Like, guys right. that can protect Lowry, I think if Lowry gets a little bit bigger, and who's to say he can't develop into a halfway decent defender either, or rim protector? The dude's seven foot, man. I mean, he's got seven three wingspan. He's only, what, 20, is he, what, 23, 22 years old? Still a lot of time for development. I see a lot of potential in Lowry, and the same thing with Carter, too. The question, the biggest question is, which one do you bank on more? Do you bank on Carter figuring it out, bulking up, doing similar what you would do with Lowry and banking on his offense turning around or do you bank on being able to teach Lowry to be a halfway decent defender and being able to move him potentially to the five long term? I think that's the biggest question, man, because Patrick Williams, it sounds like from every aspect is going to be your four no matter what going forward. I think that's the only thing that is logically, you know, a safe assumption right now. So that that means that the whole Wendell at the four thing, not really. And Lowry, can you get your shit together? Can you prove something in the back half of this season? Uh, can you prove that you're worth keeping around? And what would it cost to keep him around? That's you know that's the thing that uh, concerns me. Um, and you know it, it is also possible that Arturis is just trying to prop up Lowry's trade value right now with some of those you know, complimentary com- comments. That's true too. Yes. He is very sneaky in that way too. We've, so we've got to keep that on our mind. Uh, I just want to give you Lowry's stats before we get out of here, just to remind people, cause he's actually been pretty decent this season. I know he hasn't played in a while, but in 14 games this year, he's the second leading scorer on this Bulls team at 19.1 points per game, shooting 51.4% from the field, uh, 39.6 from three on seven, over seven attempts a game, shooting 84.4% from the free throw line, six rebounds, one assist, uh, one and a half turnovers. That's about it. So that's not a bad stat line from Lowry Markinen. It's good. It's it's the other shooter that you need. And unfortunately, Lowry's been out. And like that's the guy we're missing. We don't have Otto and we don't have Lowry. Those are your two biggest shooters with Kobe still trying to figure things out, not being all that consistent this year. And that's not to blame him or anything. It's just we're missing that second shooter, man. Yeah. And and that um to me is gonna be the the scary part about maybe losing Lowry because he doesn't fit into their plans or he hasn't proved himself enough 
is that at no point in his three going on four years now with the Bulls has he played with a above average high caliber point guard, which I think is a crucial piece to bringing out the best version of Lowry. Um, and, and that in itself, you can say, is a criticism of a player who isn't good enough to create their own shots or at least uh, at high enough volume because Lowry does create some of his own shots. We've seen it, but he is a guy who can be very deadly off the ball, but he needs the right floor general to get him those looks, to recognize when he's making cuts, to recognize when he has a mismatch. And in three and a half seasons, he has never had that point guard. So that, that's what terrifies me, man. Lowry leaving the Bulls, going to a situation where he finally has a point guard that can bring out the best version of him, and he turns into a star, and we let him go. I'm with you, man. And this is like this is an era of offense, too. And Lowry is certainly that piece, and it's the big that we've been missing, too. I think the same thing can be said about Carter. I think Carter's not as far along because Lowry, we got him in year one, so we've seen he's had more opportunity than Carter has. I think there's opportunity, and the same can be said about Wendell's development. I just, I don't know. They're going to have to make a decision here, and maybe it's just let this play out and we make more decisions in our evaluations once summertime hits. I think that is certainly possible. I think they're going to let him gauge the market, though, man, and do the same thing that they did with Zach Levine and say, hey, we believe in you, but you go out and see what you can get on the open market if you really think you're worth you know, $20, 22000000 million a year over four years. Go see if another team will give you that. If they will, we will match it. You know, I, I don't know. I was thinking about it more and more, man. I think he's going to get something closer to what Kuzma got this offseason than what he originally asked for before the season started. What, what did Kuzma get this offseason? I can't remember. He got three years at $48 million, So that's about $14 million per year, I believe. And there's a little bit of a bonus and some incentives in there as well. But yeah, it was like 14 or $15 I mean, million a year. I mean, see, to me, that is reasonable. If Lowry can actually be the best version of himself, that's a, that's a good contract to sign that caliber of a player to. But if he doesn't show us anything different, if he doesn't show us consistent, not only being able to stay on the floor, but consistent offensive aggression and efficiency in this back half of the season, then that player that we have seen last year and this year in the limited sample this year does in no way look like a $20 million player. I want to do the research, and maybe I'll bring this up next week, man, is to see, like, uh, since the Bulls made this trade, what do the starting three or four cores, uh, how many games have they played together? What have teams been able to actually develop and where do the Bulls sit in that? Because, I mean, truly, we still haven't seen fully like in an entire season or a big enough sample size to say yes or no uh, on on Kobe, Wendell, Lowry, or Zach all together at once. They haven't played enough games together. It's ridiculous that we're in year four and that's just been the unfortunate luck for this team. So that might be interesting to take a look at too because I think there is, if you're glass half full... There's some optimism just because the the factor that they haven't played that long together. So I hope Lowry comes back in the second half of the season, man, and him and Zach figure it out. They have a little bit of chemistry going, and those two light it up. I know we always talk about the the famed February that we had a couple of years ago, but if they can find some type of chemistry like they had there, uh, sky's the limit. We need that second shooter, Lowry. You're the guy. We need you healthy next in the second half, and he could be a big dictator of what the where this team goes and. 
potentially what playoff spot that they have too. So I, I think right. he's got I think he's got a huge he's got a huge role on this team in the second half. Maybe we can finally get some consistent heavy doses of the Zach and Lowry pick and roll and pick and pop. <laughs> I would love to finally. They've been teammates for three years and we've seen that like four times in actual live game action. I want to see Lowry go up and dunk on some guys too. And same thing with Carter. Like, just see those dudes fearless and just start dunking on guys too, because those dudes have it in him as well. So, man, come on, man. Wendell couldn't dunk over me. <laughs> Watch, Wendell's gonna put up thirty tonight, just just to prove you wrong. <laughs> that's, gonna put up that's 30 a joke. Tonight. Don't anybody go tattling on <laughs> Wendell. You know, uh, that's clearly a joke. I'm sure he could dunk on me. Uh, but yeah. 45 minutes later, Matt, I don't know where what we got accomplished, but hearing from AK was good. It, again, just signals a new era of Bulls basketball. A lot to be optimistic about in the second half, and a lot to talk about leading up to the trade deadline, too. We want your thoughts, though. 331-979-1369. Your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation. Have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.